Well, disturbing new data has shown that overdose drug deaths have shot up, pardon the pun, 54% in the last five years. Now, whenever negative data comes out from drug use, we always get the same argument. Ah, we need to decriminalise, harm reduction, remove the stigma. But is that the real solution? Got some classic examples for you to see, which gives evidence as maybe it's not. Let's check it out. So as I said, there's continued calls from drug advocates in New Zealand to decriminalise all drugs, that's hard drugs as well, and to adopt a health approach. But we only need to look at overseas at examples of this policy to see what a social disaster it would be. Firstly to Scotland, mental health toll of cannabis soared after Scots went soft on the drug six years ago. In Oregon, overdoses up 700% after Oregon decriminalizes hard street drugs. Officials are mystified. Well, go figure. In San Francisco, this is an article published in the Atlantic recently about how San Francisco had become a failed city because of drug use and crime uh, and people on the streets and homelessness. And our present government prefers a health approach to drug use in New Zealand, yet this approach doesn't appear to be favoured by many drug users. In fact, the number of drug users engaging with the government's recommended health referral service is abysmally low. According to this New Zealand Herald report recently, out of 8,500 drug users, only 147, 147 out of 8,500 wanted health support. Now, if you say you want a health approach, the coercion of the law is necessary to force that drug addiction support. The minimum for an adequate health response as an alternative to conviction for drugs should be a requirement to at least meet with a health professional. And, and so this is a smart arrest policy. It provides an important societal stamp of disapproval and it provides an opportunity to intervene and stop the progression of use. That's the importance of the law and the legal sanction. You don't have to chuck them in jail but you do need to force the treatment and prevention for their sake and societies. Now, interestingly, when the media last rushed the Drug Foundation to talk about this on their auto dial, the Drug Foundation trumpeted Vancouver. Throwing people through a criminal prosecution process, it doesn't work. It actually prevents people from getting help. Canada's government has announced a three-year experiment in British Columbia to decriminalise possession of small amounts of some illicit drugs. It won't legalise the substances, but aims to minimise harm. We need to make the moves to decriminalise. At the moment, we are um, putting huge barriers in the way of people that need help. British Columbia are doing a really sensible thing of trialling it for a few years. Um, we need to... We need to well, that's interesting. Uh, British Columbia, actually, it's Vancouver. Well, if you want another example of just how harmful decriminalisation and drug testing and supervised drug use would be, well, here's a clip to watch that I just saw. It's on Vancouver. I've been to Vancouver on a fact-finding trip before the cannabis referendum. And it's sad what is happening to that place. One of the most beautiful cities in North America. And it's been beset by skyrocketing crime, violent attacks and a crippling battle with addiction. And based on a flawed harm reduction method, which ignores the harsh reality of normalising drug use. And they've, they've been doing the de facto decriminalisation since 
2001. Have a watch. It's it's quite amazing. It was released only one month ago, and it's already had more than 2 million views. And I'm just going to show you an excerpt, and you'll hear from a woman heading up a community group, Save Our City, a Canadian columnist from the Washington Post. He's the guy sitting on the bench seat. A treatment advocate. He's the one in the white shirt and an ex-prison worker. I think, I think the others are labelled in the clip. But you'll see a lot of similarities with where New Zealand is heading and some of the same ideology like drug testing and drug use supervision, which are being pushed here. 14,500 people all diagnosed with opiate use disorder in BC. Okay. On average, they have been sentenced for five uh, offenses each. The majority of the more than 50% are forms of theft. Uh, more than 10% are violent crimes. And why those? Those are related to the chaos that they're experiencing in their heads, the chaos in the surroundings that they live in. We will only decriminalize those people by addressing those factors. But government doesn't seem to be interested in addressing drug use as the root cause of homelessness, crime, and overdose. Instead, they have focused their energy and resources almost exclusively on a policy known as harm reduction. In 2001, the City Council of Vancouver took the first step in this direction with a strategy document called a Framework for Action, a four-pillar approach to drug problems in Vancouver. The document identified these four pillars as prevention, treatment, enforcement, and harm reduction. In practice, however, very little was done to prevent, treat, or enforce addiction-related issues in the city. It was harm reduction and the clarion call to reduce stigma that took center stage, especially after 2003 and the opening of Insight, the first supervised drug injection site in all of North America. The Four Pillars approach was uh, conceived in response to what was at the time seen as unacceptable high of like 150 overdose deaths, deaths a year. Now we routinely have over 2,000 overdose deaths a year, right? So you look at how dramatically the rate of overdose has, uh, overdoses has accelerated in this province, and I don't know how you reach a conclusion that this has been a success, right? The problem, though, is that now it is so bound up in this kind of like cultural, philosophical, ideological sort of miasma that, you know, you can't really judge it in a utilitarian way. Right? And so at best, you just kind of have to keep doubling down on the same ideological uh, conclusions, which is just, you know, less stigma, more drugs, basically. Instead of acknowledging the obvious failings of this program, both the province of BC and the city of Vancouver have been doubling down, placing a particular emphasis on enacting policies that, in their view, would reduce stigma toward those addicted to drugs but is reducing stigma toward an outcome that we'd like as a society to limit or avoid really a good idea? And how does it match up with other public health campaigns literally being undertaken at the exact same time? This idea that the biggest problem we face is stigmatization is I think just such a backwards way of conceptualizing it, right? Like you want to stigmatize behavior that is destructive to the mind and the body. Drinking and driving is a great example. That has, you talk to people of, of sort of the older generation and they say like, you know, when they were growing up, drinking and driving was seen as somewhat comical or no big deal. But our generation, 
has been, you know, I think rightfully sort of subject to a very intense campaign of, of basically like stigmatization propaganda telling you that drinking and driving is in fact very bad and wicked and dangerous and terrible and that you should feel bad if you do it and you should talk your friends if they're talk your friends out of doing it. Since I graduated from high school, they've spent 30 years trying to get kids not to get hooked on cigarettes, only to turn around and say, but we're okay with heavy, heavy, heavy drugs. So the question around stigma really is, you know, what is sort of toxic stigma uh, and what is just sort of the, the general social contract and the limitations that we put on certain behaviors and things in the community. Maybe the most prominent example of recent attempts to destigmatize and even normalize hard drug use in our society was the very public announcement by the NDP government that, with the support of Ottawa, they would be decriminalizing the possession of almost all hard drugs, including heroin, fentanyl, crystal meth, and cocaine. But in reality, does this policy change really make any difference? We never charge for simple possession of heroin since 1985. This seems like a classic example of something that is being done for 100% ideological reasons. It's being done for absolutely zero practical purpose. We are so deep down this ideological rabbit hole that the only problem is stigmatization that even sort of not, even just like symbolically not enforcing laws that we're already not enforcing is somehow seen as some sort of victory. You know, we were already not putting people in prison. We were already not arresting people for possession, but there was this kind of idea that somehow the fact that that was even theoretically possible was contributing in some way to the problem. Decriminalizing possession will do almost nothing other than pave the way for the more uh, straightforward provision of pharmaceuticals to those very people because now it's legal for them to have it. Only now did everything begin adding up. Decriminalization, it turns out, had almost nothing to do with ending the imagined persecution of those addicted to drugs and everything to do with paving the way for yet another harm reduction program. And this time, they weren't simply handing out free and clean needles as was done in the past. This time, they were handing out free drugs to anyone who wanted them including in vending machines. It seems so kind of difficult to wrap my mind around about how the Vancouver political establishment could uh, reach the conclusion that, no, actually, we just need more of what we've been doing for the last 20 years. Well, Vancouver is definitely leading the way in the sense of trying interventions that have very little to no evidence base that have not been tried elsewhere, essentially as a human experiment on thousands of people. And I actually think that's particularly inhumane and not progressive. This idea that you're going to basically treat people's lives as a as a lab, like a rat, you know, as a, like rats in a lab experiment. I I always try and put it in the context of my own children. If they, God forbid, ended up addicted to drugs and they ended up downtown on the streets, the last thing I would want is for someone to give them more drugs, watch them overdose, give them Narcan, give them more drugs, give them Narcan, until basically eventually they just successfully overdose one day. The policy of handing out free drugs is what's known as safe supply. The thinking being to give hard drugs like heroin to addicts so that they don't purchase the same drugs from illegal markets which might be cut with a more dangerous substance like fentanyl. This is meant to reduce the number of overdoses in Vancouver. 
but has this worked? Is so-called safe supply actually safe? There really is no such thing as safe supply, right? Uh, the term safe supply uh, is a marketing term. Uh, there is nothing safe about handing out opioids en masse to a population with as few controls as possible. Well, there's no such thing as a safe supply. When you supply somebody with a drug like fentanyl or heroin or cocaine or methamphetamine, there's nothing safe about that. You are perpetuating an illness, you are perpetuating addiction, and it's essentially state-sponsored addiction. Yeah, pretty eye-opening, isn't it? Um, and it's well worth watching the uh, the full documentary, which is available on YouTube. Uh, ironically, as you heard, the Canadian Health Department is allowing the province of British Columbia, which is Vancouver, to officially, uh, Vancouver is in British Columbia, to officially decriminalise the possession of hard drugs. There's a test for three years on the grounds that doing so will soften the shame of drug use, that nasty stigma. Of course, actually, it will make no difference at all um, because in effect decriminalization has happened uh, de facto but here's the ironic part at the same time the same canadian health department has moved forward with a number of gimmicky proposals to scold and embarrass canadians out of their bad habits uh, it's announced a proposal to require scary slogans to be printed on individual cigarettes uh, for example poison in every puff and Health Canada is soon going to force packaged foods high in sugar, salt or saturated fat to display a warning label. Well, apparently the real outrage here is a society that's too judgmental towards drug users. You know, how many examples do we need to see to realise that harm reduction of drug use is a myth? You and I can figure it out. Drug advocates will never admit it. And that's why we need to continue to push back.